just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. I am Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello. Hey, hey Jess. Jess. <laughs> Hi, team. You are good. You are very good. They're like Ron Burgundy reading an autocue. I'm Ron Burgundy? Yeah, well, Jess is actually on autocue, which is one of the strangest things about this show. Yeah, but it, it works. We've got to try and fit around her somehow. Yeah. Hey, Dave, do you notice that someone tweeted uh, maybe last week saying that they're 30 or 40 episodes in, they've started from the beginning, and they're wondering if, now if, if you're ever able to... Uh, concisely explain what the show's about? No, I think I, is I think, the answer. But, well, at episode 40, I reckon I probably gave up about that mark. <laughs> right. You, well, when was I don't last... even remember you trying to do it. I feel what? like they've probably also got the idea of the show by then too. When was the last time I actually said, uh, what we do on this show is... Oh, yeah, actually. Give, I probably should, but just in yeah, case... Well, just, well, I'm just out of curiosity. What, yeah, what, what is it we do on this show, Dave? Well, what we do is we take a little bit of sugar. <laughs> that's Matt. A little bit of spice. That's Jess. Hello. A little bit of everything nice. Also, Jess. Then I come along and try and explain the show. And what I say is, uh, hello, welcome to Do Go On, the podcast show where each of us do a report, but not at the same time. One at wow, a time, it's been a while. Alternating weeks, and the other two sit back and chat over them 
then at the end of the episode, there's fun facts <laughs> sometimes. It's not like, it was it. like you were chatting over yourself then. <laughs> that was, I was nice. I was trying to give like um, a little demonstration of what, what they sh- will expect for the next hour of their yeah. life. Thank you for um, calling me Spice as well. I like that. And, and everything, everything nice. nice. And I got yeah. both. Everything nice is much better than Spice. I, I know. I well, my friend Mark told me I was spicy one time. He meant it sort of like sassy. Is he from the Pajama Man? Yes. That's that's my only friend, Mark. I thought you were going to mention uh, Mark from Auntie Donna. That was my go-to, Mark. No, he doesn't call me spicy. He calls me Melbourne comedy sweetheart. Oh. Sarcastically. Oh, I was going to say, because spicy and sweetheart are very... Two, two very different things. Very different. Very different things. But all things nice. That is you. And Matt, sugar. Because mm. you you're bad sugar. for you. That's right. No, 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 no. Naturally sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. And also good on cornflakes. And good for exfoliating. And mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. good for ruining cars. Little sugar in the gas tank. Learn that from The Simpsons. Oh, there we go. Also good in small portions only. Yes. Yes. Uh, good for horses to eat in cubes. Is that a thing? I've never seen a horse eat a cube, but I've never seen a horse eat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, have you never seen a horse eat? Oh, actually, no. I've seen one eat an apple, and it made me laugh. Have you ever seen <laughs> one piss? Because piss. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a horse piss. <laughs> when I saw a horse piss as a child, it it was something that really blew me away. Is it a real piss? Yeah, because they're what, one of those ones that start with like... it inside of them, and it drops out, and it's big. I'm talking. I'm talking about the the D. Not the piss. Not, not the P. piss. The P is big too, but the D is enormous. But when you say it blew you away, was it pissing onto you? It was you? like a pressure hose. <laughs> you were just floored yeah. by the pee. It, 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 I was in a big tea. paddock as well. I was like, if you looked at me from a distance, it would have looked like there was a mini, like a localised cyclone or hurricane. Uh, and it was just sending me right across uh, the meadow and the paddock. Wow. The meadow was next to the paddock. If they're different things. What, are, what is the difference? I feel like meadows have like little flowers in them. Yeah. Paddocks are a bit more rough. Yeah. I feel like the difference is a fence. fence Interesting. Right, yeah. Interesting. Fence a meadow, you got a paddock. But you don't have a gym. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just saying. What were we talking about again? P- horse piss, apparently. A horse piss. And how you're a sugary sugar daddy. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. you're a sugar daddy. And also, I um, sugar is also mm-hmm. uh, one of my nicknames. Is it? Yeah. From? Matt Sugar Tits Stewart. <laughs> well, it's yeah, part of a nickname. Who calls you that? Gary Lyon. Gary Lyon calls you sugar tits. Yeah. That's not, nice. Not the one from No, I know, yeah, no. Radio. No. A different Gary Lyon. Yeah. Spells it only with one R. Interesting. Well it's not. Why would you lie about that <laughs> to our listeners? <laughs> they can see right through you, Jess. So yeah. nice sorry, try though. Thanks sorry, for sugar tits. Saving it. No worries. <laughs> I love uh, spicy dick. <laughs> Most of the listeners are like, Who the fuck's Gary Lyon? <laughs> They're also like, Why are they still talking? <laughs> So, uh, it's my turn to do a report on a, a topic yes. that has been suggested by a listener. But we always start with a question. So, I've got a question for you two guys. And that question is, which country fought World War II for the longest and in some ways lost the race but won the marathon? What the? Okay. That's a long question. For, okay. There's, there's a World lot of War info II. in that question, right? World War II, they lost the race. So, they lost the... So, I'd say that's... But won the marathon because they just kept fighting. Oh, so they won in the end. So I think England came in... No, I'm thinking World War One. World War Two. how'd that one start again, Jess? Wrong person. Okay. So, so that... Germany was involved. Yes. yes. They invaded Poland. Yes. 
That is right. So were Poland in early? That's pretty early. But then they sort of... Were they fighting or were they I just I don't totally... fully understand his question. All right. I, so... think it, I think it's someone in the Allies who was on the ropes for a while. I'm going to say... No, it's the opposite, Ray Wans. Oh, on... so they recovered one... after they lost no, the war. No, one of the bad guys who kept fighting even though they lost the war. Oh, okay. So there's Russia. So, so no, it's... no, it's not Russia. There's Germany, mm-hmm. Japan. Uh, they're the big ones. Then you've got it is one of Italy. the two big ones. Okay, so let's narrow I'm it gonna down. I'm going to say it is probably Japan. It is Japan. Wait, so your topic is Japan? No, no, no. So <laughs> it's about <laughs> so confused. I was like, cool. I guess. All right. My topic, suggested by listener Stephanie, is the Japanese holdouts across the islands of the Pacific Theater, which is the Pacific uh, area of the war. Many of whom. Either because they were unaware the war was over, or because they wanted they didn't want to surrender, kept fighting sometimes for decades what? after World War Two finished. No way! And I have a particular story about a particular holdout whose name is Hiru Onoda, and that is the topic of today's episode: cool. the life and times of Japanese holdout Hiru Onoda. Onoda. Oh, I've never heard the term holdout before. Me either. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> People who don't take it stays. can't take no for an answer. <laughs> It sounds like the... You thought I might turn on it, but I like it. So far, so good. Hiru Anoda was born on the 19th of March, 1922. A good year. A bloody good year. 22. In a village in the Wakayama prefecture of South Japan, he was reportedly a stubborn child and defiant in every single way. Mm-hmm. I can see Name that. Name all the ways, Jess. All the ways you can be defiant. Yeah, because every single way. Uh... Not eating your broccoli. Tick. That's a, that's one of the ways. To top, be defined. This is going to be a long list. Of <laughs> right, yes, let's keep it to top ten. But obviously that is in the top ten, Fuck, so you're fine. do ten? That's fine. Not eating broccoli. Not doing your homework. Tick. Talking back to your mum. Oh, double tick. So that's two. Because <laughs> he talked back. When she said don't talk back, he, he talked, talked back. back again. So that's four. Defiant. Uh, refused to wear underwear. Flat de- out refused. De- defiant and stupid. Well, okay. That's a hygienic thing. Underwear. Hero, please. And no, You're not. Yeah, and leading on from that, wouldn't wipe his bum. Oh, defiant oh, and that, stupid. Real messy. messy yeah. Man. All right, well, that's six. It's defiant. Um, he defiantly... You, Matt, do you, you remember a couple? You never rebelled as a child, did you? No. <laughs> Except by not wearing underwear and not wiping your bottom, I apparently. definitely did both of those things, thank you. Did you eat broccoli, though? Yeah, but only the tops, because I thought they were little trees, and if I didn't eat the bottom, then that would keep Well, going. he refused both the top and the bottom, so that's seven. We've still got three to go. Um, how else can you be defiant, Matt? You were a bad boy. He wouldn't uh, He wouldn't brush his knees. He wouldn't eat would his... would not brush his knees. He wouldn't eat the tops of the chairs, and he no. wouldn't eat the middle of the... Rhinoceros. All right, next. <laughs> Keep moving, Dave. Do go on. Well, I was actually about to read through the list, but you just said it word for word, so I won't have to b- I'll skip over that. Scroll through. He said We've all he- got a script, mate. Onoda, bad boy, said of his early life. When I was six, I got into a fight with one of my friends. I started swim- swinging a knife about and hurt him. My mother said the family could not tolerate me. She took, to the fam- took me to the family shrine to commit harikiri, which is the ritual suicide by self- self-disembowelment with a knife. Originally res- reserved for samurai, he continues, She said a thug like me should kill himself. I wonder why I couldn't cut my belly. Maybe because I was just a kid. So he didn't kill himself, age six. His mum took him 
to kill himself. And he defiantly said no. That is defiant. That was number 11. He didn't want to make a cape that day. That's fucked. Uh, so he survived his early years. And at age 17, he spent some time working for the Tajima Yoko Trading Company over in China before enlisting in the Japanese Imperial Army when he was 20 years old. The year was 1942, and Japan, no, known then as the Empire of Japan... He was 20. <laughs> A good age. <laughs> That's right. Some real easy math. Uh, <laughs> the Empire of Japan at the time had been fighting against China since 1937 and were officially part of World War II right from the start in 1939, hoping to take over and dominate Asia. That's what Japan's trying to do at the time. Asia. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, right. Trying to, well, where were they trying to dominate? Asia. <laughs> I don't know what. I just can't pick up the dialogue. Asia. Why are you saying it weird? You say it weird. No. Asia. Well, Asia. Now, well, now you're both saying it that way, so I, I think I'm the wrong. I'm Asia. Wrong. You're saying it funny, Jess. Stop it. It's Asia. And <laughs> uh, just a bit of background here. The Axis Alliance, a.k.a. the bad guys. <gasps> hmm. Uh, was made up of Germany, Japan, as Matt said, and Italy. Do you not think that's like a like a like a funny combination? Yeah, well, two of the three make great cuisine. Two of the three. What are you not a fan of? German sausage. Sure. Italian. Big fan. Big big Italian fan. Big Japanese fan. I would say my axis of awesome food. Yep. Would be Japan. Uh, would also be Italy uh-huh. and Mexico. Yeah, I would go Italy, Mexico, Thai. Ooh, good. Yep. Yep. Big fan of Thai. Oh, okay, well, I'll run this out and I'll go uh, Mexico, mm-hmm. Italy, mm-hmm. Spanish. Interesting. Ooh. Interesting. Very good. Yes. There you go. You're learning bit a little Rioca. bit. You're learning a little bit more about us, listeners. A bit of. Uh... We all like tacos. So now you know what, is, what do you call a little Spanish food again? Tapas. Little tapas. What did you call it? Ryoko, I think that's something else. <laughs> I knew it was wrong instantly. But I recovered seamlessly. <laughs> You'll be able to edit around that, Dave. You make me sound pretty smart, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just edit you saying Ryoko six times in a row. <laughs> Ryoko, Ryoko, Ryoko. <laughs> Do go on. <laughs> uh, so the bad guys, Germany, Italy, Japan. I'm just giving context for any non-World War II buffs. By the way, this is, uh, I've decided, our third one in a trio of World War II badasses. Cool, oh, okay. So we had uh, three Monties. Mm-hmm. So that's one, the, the Monty. We had um, Mad Jack Churchill. Oh, yeah. And now we have Hiru Anoda. Yeah. I realized that when I was writing the report. I was like, World War II, different time. Mm. badass. Mm. Great. Uh, the war really kicked off for Japan in 1941 with what is called the Pacific War, when on the 7th of December 1941, Japan invaded Thailand, attacked the British possessions of Malaya, which is now Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, as well as United States military bases in Hawaii, Guam, and the Philippines, and this also included the famous Pearl Harbor bombings. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that they did all that simultaneously, which is, you know, biting, off, biting off a lot to chew there. It's crazy. Uh, the, these attacks led the USA, Britain, China, Australia, and several other states to formally declare war on Japan. So that's when they're fully, wow. fully in. How do you officially declare war? An email these days. It used to be a letter. So what, some, is the, some, what would the email say? Sometimes so, for five to six working days, you wouldn't realize you were at war with someone. That's dear interesting. Sirs, or dear whoever it may concern. But, but, uh, but to back, whom it may concern. War's on. 
with you, party of two, us and you. It's down to us. Let's do it. Want to punch on or, you know, war or whatever. Hey, um, let me know anyway, either way. (laughs) Kind regards. Cheers. Australia. Australia. That's how we would start a war. Letters is that you couldn't delete anything, so once... You wrote it as Matt was finding. There. I think the way we would had to keep it. dictation. The way we would write it would be, um, yeah, whatever America said, we agree. Yeah, we, we also war on whoever they said that. Against. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Why are you doing that voice? Because we're out where that little dork friend is trying to trying to um, be tough with his big mate. Yeah, cool. We're we're tough. Like you come here and come here and say that. What's that? We're twenty four hours away. You can't be bothered flying here. Good call. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I reckon we've saved ourselves a lot of war just from being so far away. <laughs> know from, what I mean? What, from from what? Everything I'm that far else. away from New Zealand. Good point. But we're mates. Well, yeah. Sure. For now. But for how long? <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking because I don't know anything about anything. Enjoy the podcast, boys. I'll be here for me. <laughs> for the second time, I'm going to tell myself to do go on. Dave, do go on. Uh, so that's the war. That's where we're at. Hiru is signed up. And uh, he attends the Nakano School in Tokyo. It's the key training camp for intelligence agents where he was trained in propaganda, sabotage, martial arts, and guerrilla warfare. Sounds like my journalism degree. Mm. <laughs> Propaganda mostly, but then whatever you said after that, I was like, I'm gonna just gonna say the joke anyway. Sabotage, aka fake I know news. I heard but like martial arts, aka research, and uh... aka class report. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I imagine you were also part of the commando class, as he was. Oh, I went commando, all right. Wait, I thought you just <laughs> said before that you definitely. As a kid, I definitely wore okay. underwear. Gotcha. In my commando classes. <laughs> no underwear. You took it very literally. <laughs> Commando class. All right. I'm ready for this. If, they, if you went oh, in there, they ripped them off and threw them, dipped them in a stein of beer and threw them up on the big floating pig hanging from the ceiling. It's a thing they do in Oktoberfest in one of the tents. Really? <laughs> yeah. Does that happen to everyone, Matt, or just you? <laughs> no, they take I, your I, underwear off? Yeah, if... Well, th- I was there a little while ago, so I imagine, that, years ago. I imagine this... in the last hundred years it's maybe it's developed since this. But in the Hofbrau tent... Because your one was launched if... by Adolf Hitler himself. Yeah, Hitler, right? Hitler was there. He was doing inspections. <laughs> but if people would... They'd actually they'd find if you had any on, then they'd rip them off. Like, and you say pants off, then them off? Or just... No, no, rip them off no, while you're still wearing pants. Like in a painful way. So like, and then they'd dip them in a beer. And it, was a bit, it wasn't a pig, but it was like a big floating cloud. Thing like oh. a what do you call those sort of things? Just a big decoration in the ceiling, and they throw it up there. Pretty fucked. And they'd rip off your undies. Yeah, weird, right? That's did, real weird. Did that happen to you, or did you? No, it didn't happen to me because I, I got you worded up. Wearing undies. I got worded up by people, friends um, before going in, so I just dropped them down a couple of inches. Low rider. Nice. People were none the wiser. But let me. Were people still checking you though? Like, is that like you constantly trying to have a beer and people are like, I think, hey, mate, you got any of that? Were no, you wearing no. like seamless undies so there was no lines in your yeah. pants? Were no, you wearing no a VPL. G- <laughs> you wearing a G- you wearing a G bang? Yeah, were you wearing a G banger? I think it's that'd like, be more dangerous, wouldn't they? Well, oh. it's less material to rip. But on the way up, it's like fishing wire. Oh, oh, oh. man, Dave knows he wore it for a week. It's true, and he documented it on YouTube. Check it out. Please, Don't. it's very funny. 
Have you seen it? Yeah. Fuck yeah. We talked about it on first date. But had you watched it? Mm. I wasn't able to watch the whole thing through, to be honest. Yeah, I can't do it. It's mostly the hair that puts you mainly the hair. It's mainly watching young Dave feels creepy. (laughs) It's not my my naked body. It's my haircut that puts me off. Yeah, it's not good. Such an odd It's a real beaver fringe. The the more we talk about it, the more people are Googling it. You're welcome. (laughs) Check the comments. All right. Also, then look at First Day with Jess, please. Thank you. Do go on. All right, back to the story. So he's part of the commando class. Yes. He is... Okay, I was wondering where. I forgot what what the He Sorry. is not wearing a G-bang. Interesting. In 1943, Anoda's own father, who was also a soldier, was killed in action in China. Hmm. So this is while he's still training. He learns of his father's death. Then on December the 26th, 1944, Anoda was sent to Lubang Island in the Philippines, which is an island 93 miles or 150k southwest of the Filipino capital, Manila, one of the many islands out there. Anoda deployed with four other men, and they were ordered to stay completely out of sight, collect information on the enemy's movements, disrupt those movements, and launch a guerrilla attack wherever possible. They were told to particularly target the island's airstrip and the pier at the harbour. Pretty much, fuck shit up and cause mischief. Interesting. Interesting your interpretation there. (laughs) And? Cause mischief, they're just like doing a bit of graffiti. Yeah. Kicking over some letterboxes. And hooky. <laughs> Mischievously. Uh, before they were deployed, the commander of their division said, You are absolutely forbidden to die by your own hand. It may take three years. It may take five. But whatever happens, we'll come back for you. Until then, so long as you have one soldier, you are to continue to lead him. You may have to live on coconuts. If that's the case, live on coconuts. Under no circumstance are you to give up your life Voluntarily. I mean, it feels like not really something they can police. Yeah, or enforce. Yeah. If you take your life, I will punish you. Yeah, that's it. I'm coming for your life. I will bring back. I'll bring you back to life, and then I'm going to end it again. I will take you to Oktoberfest, and I'll make you wear 15 pairs of underpants. I'll put you in that tent, and I'll hear your screams for weeks. Some would take this order more seriously than others. Cough, cough. A noter. I would not take that all that seriously. <laughs> like, it's like like the Shackleton one where we're like, oh, I would have given up no. so long ago. Oh, me too. Uh, I'll just lie down. Coconut sounds nice, though. No, I don't like coconut. Do I? I don't even like fucking Bounty. And it's no, way worse either. than Bounty. I hate coconut. Oh, is it? I've never had one. I just assumed it tastes like Bounty. You've never had... Oh, right. I think you're thinking of the chocolate, though, aren't you? I don't really like Bounties that much. Do you not like coconut, I like, perhaps? I like Cherry Ripe, so, which is coconut chocolate. <laughs> if you have to eat Cherry... Eat cherry. If you if you have to eat cherry flavored coconut chocolate, so be it, mate. That's the war we're in now. It's an interesting war. He as he dropped him off at the Cadbury factory. <laughs> Just eat your way out. It may take three years. It may take five. But under no circumstance are you to take your own life inside the Cadbury factory. Oh. It would be a public health nightmare. So anyway, his job is to fuck shit up <laughs> and create mischief. You wrote that down? Yep. Did you write that and then high-five yourself because you thought that was cool? I felt like a real bad boy. I am the anoda of Word documents. Yeah, you are. It may take five years. <laughs> I'll keep writing. <laughs> uh, stuff was not going Japan's way by this time of the war, and they were fighting a war that was pretty much lost for them. Anoda's superior officers didn't really care for his guerrilla mission and being distracted by losing... 
Bayer losing the war, they offered him little help with the missions. So he was a bit. That would be a bit own. distracting, losing the war. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, just can't get my mind on the war. Yeah. Now that we're losing the war, I just can't focus on everything else. Now that we're losing the war. But uh, stuff got a lot worse for Japan on the island when uh, two months later, February 28th, 1945, the United States and the Philippine Commonwealth forces landed and quickly took control of the entire island. All the Japanese soldiers were either killed or surrendered, all except for Onodo and three men who he ordered to evacuate to the thick jungle-filled hills. Cool. Onodo's men were Private Yuichi Akutsu, 22 years old, Corporal Shoichi Shimada, 30 years old, Private First Class Kinshichi Kazuka, 24 years old. Onoda himself was just 23 years, years old at the time. He was their senior officer and held the rank of lieutenant. Man. But not Brigadier Major. Brigadier. But he was in charge. He was the boss of these. Doesn't that just blow your mind when you hear these sorts of stories and they're like they're people in their early 20s and it's like... Fuck, I, I went without a light in my room for two months because I couldn't reach the light bulb. And only the other day I realised if I stood on my filing cabinet, I could reach the light. And I'm 26. So, but filing cabinet's That's pretty that. brave, though. Two months without light. I had a yeah. lamp, but it just wasn't good enough. I was trying to get dressed. You couldn't see anything. What about a chair? Yeah, no, really high ceilings. I couldn't reach it. Cool. How many comedians does it take to change a light bulb? Nah, I did it by myself. Just one. One. And a, and a filing cabinet. But it has to... <laughs> Yeah. On wheels. What is, is, there a, is there a punchline for that? Nah. It's just my, just my life, it's Matt. So, it's my so, life is the punchline. It is funny that that became a, like a joke. How many? How it, many yeah. does it change to change? Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? It's thing. not a good joke. They're never funny. I heard someone, I heard it, someone talking about it the other day and said, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? What was the answer? One. But they need a want to change. The globe wants needs to want to change or something like that. I think it was in Bojack Horseman. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit. And you can All see right. an, an hour of Matt retelling other jokes badly at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. God, my show this year at the festival is called Matt Stewart Butchers the Classics. <laughs> can you actually call your show that next year? That's a great that's title. A, yeah. You read from a joke book with a badly played Chopin playing underneath <laughs> it. <laughs> great. I'd see that show. Me too. I wouldn't pay for a ticket. I'd just use my festival pass and get in for free. Hey, we're doing a show at the festival. We mentioned that? Yeah. We can probably, we'll mention that at the end. Let's let Dave go on with his report. Okay. Dave, go on. But while, but everyone could pause now um, just to look on the Melbourne International Comedy Festival website. Yeah, while you're listening. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about a noter who's in charge at 23 years old, younger than all of us. Insane. Bossing even the guy that's 30, he's being bossed around by him. Definitely Uh, change a lot. Bruce Springsteen wrote Born to Run at 24. You've mentioned that several times. That's my fact of the month. How about this fact? But Meryl Streep didn't appear in a feature film until she was 27. <gasps> which is younger than, older than I am. So I could still be the Meryl Streep of Dave, my generation. We're 27 this year. This could be our year. Or our year to die and join the 27 club. You've got to Regardless, have done something. good of, year. I think you've, you've got to have done something of note to join the club. God, you're a piece of shit. It's true. <laughs> Uh, the four men, Anoda and his crew, lived very closely together in the jungle and had very limited supplies. All they had was their uniforms, obviously that they're wearing, a small amount no of No underwear. Under no circumstance <laughs> are you to wear underpants. Mm-mm. 
under pain of death. Unless it's like one of those coconut bras that you put together. <laughs> oh, it's the only go. thing, if, if you must wear a coconut bra well, then you wear a coconut bra. <laughs> but we will need to see a medical certificate. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, they if had... You, if you must wear a, a coconut bra, but only if the doctor gives you permission. Okay. The right. jungle doctor. <laughs> they had their uniforms, uniforms, a little bit of rice. Coconut bra, small amount of rice. They had their guns and limited ammunition, so they had to be a bit sparing with their bullets, and some uh, grenades. Sure. But they were unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Unlimited grenades. They typed in some cheat code and it meant that they had unlimited grenades. (laughs) Matt, that was quite funny. Fuck you. (laughs) It was like they're... They were asked, they got one wish from a genie, you can have unlimited anything, and they're all thinking food, 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 and notice like, grenades! <laughs> oh, fuck! I should have said coconuts. Uh, they did end up eating coconuts, which is what the the order had been. If you need to eat coconuts, eat coconuts. And they had uh, raw wild bananas from the jungle. Sometimes they would make uh, late night raids into the island's villages and steal food and sometimes beer. They lived in huts in the dense jungle that they built from bamboo and relied on Anoda's guerrilla warfare training and abilities to survive. Wow. So you sort of really... It's funny because you say, like, they did live off coconuts because that was the order. It'd be funny if there's, like, a full buffet available to them, but they're like, no, no, we were told coconuts. <laughs> I'm a man of principle. <laughs> we're not to eat that, just the coconuts. <laughs> yeah, they're staying in the five-star hotel. Yeah. The downstairs of the buffet yeah. every morning. Which is, there's a, an omelette bar included. as well. Inclu- yeah, there's a one yeah. guy making custom-made pancakes. They sit there bringing coconuts down coconut with them. After coconut. They're just crying whilst they're skinning these coconuts inside. Uh, the war in Europe concluded in May 1945 when the Nazis surrendered. The Allies... Oh, Dave, sorry. Wait, sorry to bring that up. The Allies, I must emphasise that they are my team. Interesting. Called... For the uncondition- now who's the flip-flopper, eh? Mm. <laughs> I always back a winner. <laughs> uh, the Allies called for the unconditional surrender of the Japanese armed forces in the Potsdam Declaration. A few months later, July 26, 1945, the alternative being prompt and utter destruction. So Ooh. that was an ultimatum given to Japan. The Japanese response to this ultimatum was to ignore it. Oh. Or pretend they didn't get up. Sorry, I got lost in my drafts. So, yeah, sorry. Got to my outbox, you know. I, I meant to get to that. Sorry about that. Oh, dear. <laughs> Can I still get paid for that gig, even though it's a new financial year? <laughs> that has something that I've been going through this week. Wow, new financial year plus nine months. And I also ignored the email about complete and utter destruction. Dang. Um, it's been a big week. Better be great. Dave. So they ignore the, uh, the, they ignore the email. <laughs> then on the, mostly because no one in Japan has a computer yet. Sure. Then on the 6th of that August... you know of. That's right. Then on the 6th of August, 1945, an atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima and American President Harry S. Truman called for Japan's surrender, warning it to expect a, ra- a rain of ruin from the air, a like of which has never been seen on the on this earth. This was only the second ever nuclear explosion. Did you know this? That before de- dropping the bomb on Hiroshima, they'd only ever tested one bomb. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't know, know that. They tested one and went, oh, it works. They dropped it on people. Oh, my God. Dave, how would, like, I, I'm semi-interested in this stuff, but I don't, you know, this topic's great, but the wars and stuff, but I don't know that much about them. What... Was it necessary for them to win, or, or was this like an unnecessary use of force feels, by America? Obviously, it, it was 
unnecessary, but was it likely that they were going to lose? Or am I... I feel like I'm under the impression that they were in a strong position anyway. So, 70 years later, people still debate this. Right. About whether or not you can kill a couple of hundred thousand civil, innocent civilians in a few minutes in exchange for winning the war, which would possibly save millions of lives because the bloody war would keep going and going and going. Oh, but, shit. I mean, who could ever really make that call? You know, so, uh, so yeah. the war was likely to go on for years at that stage? Well, yeah, they'd have to keep... Because, you know, Japan are very... You know, the tradition of the time, as you can see in this story, is give up under no circumstances. Right, yep. And th- this sort of, I guess, scared them into giving up. Yeah. Wow. But at the same time, I, I, I'm not necessarily of the opinion that it was the right thing to do. No. no, God, no. I don't think nuclear weapons should ever be used, and hopefully never will be used again. But sadly, in this story, it did, because three days later, another atomic bomb was dropped on Nagasaki. Japan announced its surrender six days later. They had two, and they were thinking, well, they're going to just keep dropping these things if we don't sign up. Also, six days after... This is also six days after the Soviet Union declared war on them. So, Russia declared war on Japan as well. And that's a pretty scary thing, too. Yeah. So, with all those things, they're like, you know, this is pretty much lost. So, even the proud Japanese, um, you know, emperor gave up. But being in the middle of the jungle, our four men had no idea about any of this. They didn't get the email. Uh, out of one. Yeah, they did, he forgot his charger. Gone over the 3G. Yeah, got to wait for next month for the on, refresh, data to come back. Refresh. Yeah. Now, they did notice activity on the island lesson in late August, but had no idea that the army the that the that army they were fighting for had completely surrendered. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of, they're so isolated. And this yeah. continued on for 18 months. Whoa. When a plane dropped thousands of leaflets into the jungle, the leaflets read... The war ended on August 15, come down from the mountains. But Anoda was too smart to fall Holy for this shit, little trick. Holy shit, that is so funny that they dropped. They're like, oh, how do we communicate with them? Because, like, you know, the Philippines and all these, there's like thousands of islands that they've sent troops to. And this, you know, it's so jungle filled and you can't just text them or radio them. So they're like, we'll just drop a bunch of leaflets. That's so clever. Like thousands of them. I find that really smart and funny. I don't know why I think it's funny. Is it funny or am I mental? No, no, that's funny. Cool, thanks. No, that's definitely very funny. <laughs> and on the on the back it had the, the pizza specials. Yeah. They didn't want to waste space or <laughs> oh, you can't. the printing budget. Yeah, you mustn't. The, they got the pizza company to pay for it. Yeah. It was a Domino's deal. <laughs> very Two pizzas clever. and a garlic bread for eighteen ninety five. That's gonna make anyone come down for the mountain. <laughs> Two pieces of garlic bread for eighteen ninety five. It was a different time, Jess. <laughs> Money was that's, worth more then. That's so much. <laughs> Hang on. Wait, that sense. No. Money My... was worth less then. Did I say dollars? Because I meant yen. <laughs> yeah, eighteen yen, that's nothing. Onoda was too smart to fall for this pizza based trick. <laughs> There were other cells of Japanese soldiers spread throughout the jungle on this island, and occasionally they would be killed or captured. Onoda wondered why they'd be fired upon if the war was over. So it must be a trick. So you'd see other people get shot at, and you'd be like, ah, I get it. Just a trick. Yeah, a bit of propaganda from the skies. But why... Who is still shooting at them? Who's fighting against them? Perhaps it was because Onoda's group still blew up supply ships with explosives and shot at locals who were farming. Right, so oh, they're getting shit. shot up by like farmers with shotguns. <laughs> yeah, who are getting pissed off that these four men in the in the jungle are just shooting at them. They're getting pissed off, are they? <laughs> Jeez, a bit of an overreaction. 
drama queens. It was a different kind of, kind of time. small secret army cell. Shoot at you on your farm every well, now and well, then without you bloody <laughs> chucking like, a bloody fit. Geez. It's like it's making some... a big drama about it. It's having like... a tanty. Ugh. Some kid with a BB gun, but it's actually just a dude with unlimited grenades <laughs> throwing them at your house. Oh, fuck off. Seriously. That's enough. That's the third house this week. And it's very loud. You're doing them late at nine. We're trying to sleep. Bit of respect. Good. After 11 p.m., I'll get the fucking no grenades. out here. No grenades after 11. I Get think that's very room. reasonable. I'll have no loud music, no shouting, and no grenades. After 11. After 11. Before 11... Blow up as much as you Go like. Go for it. On weekends, sure. Midnight. Sure. I understand you I'm not going to be young. a Nazi about it. Let's just be reasonable. What's that? You're a Nazi? Grenade dead. Bang. Actually, in fact, <laughs> the, even though the Nazis were on the Japanese side. <laughs> he was taking no risks. <laughs> he was. More leaflets were dropped. The next batch... These ones for Mexican. <laughs> Ooh, now I'm listening. <laughs> They're going through the cuisines. Two burritos for eighteen ninety-five. Yen. Any good quesadilla deals? Yes. I love a quesadilla. Two quesadillas for oh. eighteen ninety-five oh. yen. Oh. But how much garlic bread? Oh, yeah. Two pieces. Oh. Okay. I'm so going to throw those in. So when I went to Japan, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Japanese cuisine, unlike Matthew <gasps> over here. The fuck? Not a fan at all. So what I was the... staying at a hotel. I didn't, know that a... I didn't know that was an option. Not a fan. Open was... your eyes, Matt. Jess, do you like Japanese? You too, Jess? Not, not huge, no. What? Well, because it's a lot of... Um, doesn't Taste, flavour, <laughs> enjoyment, happiness, good times. Well, I was staying at a, a hotel that had like a, a rooftop type bar. Oh, a roof. Okay. <laughs> Were you going to say, ooh, it had a roof. Ooh. Ooh, a rooftop. Fancy man. And uh, it had like cocktails and then like nibbles that you could order as well. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that they had a they would have a shepherd's pie that would that for some reason came with garlic bread, and I discovered that I loved that combo and I tried to eat there every single night. But my girlfriend thought it was very uncultured and that the the staff were laughing at us because we were the only two people that would go there every night instead of eat Japanese food. But I regretted nothing. <laughs> garlic bread and and, uh, and shepherd's pie. I would come out of the jungle for that. Yeah, good call. That's how we'd get you out. Shepherd's pie. Oh, so, and it was such a good shepherd's That's pie. That's not an everyday meal. Such a good shepherd's, shepherd's pie. pie. No, shepherd's it's very pie, heavy. Yeah. I'd have it twice a day if I could. Three wow. Times. Three okay. times. All right. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, shepherd's pie. Shepherd's, it's like it's beef, like a beef stew topped with It's not even a stew. It's like potato. mince. Mince with a bit of carrot and stuff and peas, peas. and stuff. And then mashed potato. It's almost like a bolognese. And then cheese on top <laughs> of it? that. I haven't eaten meat in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> That's munched up meat. With, munched. With potato on top. Is it potato. munched up meat? Munched up. Munched up. Yeah, yeah, see, I don't. I never liked shepherd's pie. I, I was and then a... I stopped eating meat. So you're telling me you're going to go to Japan and you don't like Japanese food or shepherd's pie. <laughs> I'm well, fucked. you can Good luck. fucking start. Good I'm luck, fucked. mate. Maybe, Maybe I'll like just coconuts. eat the garlic bread. <laughs> I hope you like coconut. They actually refuse to serve garlic bread on its own. Yeah, well, I'll get somebody that I'm traveling with to get the shepherd's pie, and I'll eat the garlic bread. I'm afraid they won't allow it. It is Why? weird. I, I, <laughs> I have told you the story about I was on a winery tour one time. See, I do travel. You're cultured. You're cultured. You go to a place where you have your underwear ripped off and thrown into a giant pig. <laughs> yeah, you're cultured. But you don't go to Alcatraz Island or the Van Gogh Museum. You know, Oktoberfest is one of the biggest cultural events in the world, guys. Okay, Grow tell up. us about this wine. But that that tent is no good. I wouldn't go back in there in a Hofbrau tent. If it's still like that, no good. Polana, lots of fun. Uh, the okay. one with the big line at the entry. 
don't, good one. Don't, as well. can, don't eat these. Okay, great. The underwear what one does sound, it does sound interesting. Know, if wine. You, if yeah. you're not wearing underwear, it sounds like it'd be fine. Yeah. Anyway, so winery. I was just saying because you know you're saying you can't separate them. There was one on this winery tour. The lunch stop was at this winery in in uh, up near the Murray, and river. The the dish there was only one big m- river meal, and it was chicken with mashed potatoes. And I was like, I was like, I'm hungry because I've been drinking wine, and I need a meal today. Yeah, I wasn't in big trouble, and so I said, oh, is, is there a vegetarian option? And they're like. No, sorry. I'm like, oh, oh that's, that's weird. Very weird. That's weird in like 2012. And they wouldn't even be vaguely accommodating. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't. Have, and, and I'm like, oh, I don't mean. I'm not trying to be fussy or anything. Is there any way I could just get you know the the chicken meal without the chicken? And like, sorry, I'm really sorry. We can't help you. Like, just, <laughs> they couldn't even take the chicken off <laughs> the plate. With that phrase, we can't help. We can't you. help you. <laughs> they were. They were. Time. They would. I had to talk to like two levels up of management. Before I got a, a plate of mashed potatoes, and it cost me the full price of eighteen dollars. What the fuck was it good though? It was a really good mash. It was, it was mashed potato. Yeah, I was missing the chicken to be so, honest. That's so, fucked. Did you have to be like, all right, no, you can personally eat my chicken? Yeah, no, that was the, it was the, that you just reminded me of it then when they're just being like it was this weird sort. Of, it's like, but I mean, you're you're stuck on a rule that doesn't make any sense. I'm I'm like I'm happy to pay for the meal if that's what I have to do. Assuming I was calling their bluff and they'd yeah. say no, we'll give us a you know a couple of bucks or whatever. Yeah. But but they were like, yeah, sorry, just this is how it is. Sorry, that's a twenty six dollar mashed potato. And they don't. They had no other options. Like I understand if they've just if it's a set thing and they've already yeah, made I, all that food. Like, fine. Hundred percent was not going like how dare you or no. anything. I was just like oh, I just really need to eat some food. Is there any chance I can get anything? Anyway, now I'm sounding like a fucking sook. No, not at all. That's it was weird. Just, That's I just, so I still, weird. I still think about it every now and then. I'm like, what a weird day where they were just like basically going, how dare you? <laughs> how <laughs> dare you really... even come up here and ask that question? That's really not even going to help you all that much with your drinking. You know, like that's not a good meal to have. Bit of mash? Oh. I'm afraid I'm going to have to call the CEO. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and the police. <laughs> you fucking criminal. I know this is some sort of fucking scam. I'm trying to get some free mashed potato. None of my fucking watch. You're going to pay $28 and you're not going to fucking enjoy it. And then I'm going to make you eat chicken because you're a little bastard. It probably was like that. Like, they're just fucking pissed. Like, they're probably, they're probably like, just eat the chicken. Yeah. Why can't you just eat the chicken? Why are you being so stubborn about this? <laughs> Just eat the chicken. I love that argument. How about you just eat the chicken? And you go, like, you're such a nice guy. You'd be like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Look, I was back in the corner. I feel like you corner. do. Uh, you do get that a little bit. Like my housemate sometimes like Jess is mostly vegetarian. I'm like Deb, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> like I'm not mostly. I don't eat meat. <laughs> no, but you'll have a little bit. No, I won't. <laughs> mostly vegetarian. My uh, my small toe is being known to consume she meat, but the rest it. of me, the rest of me, it's very funny. Just eat the chicken then. Omnivore. Matt, just eat the chicken. Yeah, I know. Why are you making a big I don't care about your scene? ethics or the fact that you haven't eaten meat in so long that now if you do eat meat, it kind of doesn't sit right. I don't care about that. This is the Anyway, meal. look, I've moved on. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like I've, I'm carrying this around with me. I am now. So I'm like, carrying it. So you pass you think, it on. Do you think about it daily? Should we have our first anti-sponsor on the podcast and you name this winery? I know. None of I remember the name if you want to know it. Yeah, what was it called? Gehrig's. Was it Kentucky? Gehrig's. What? Gehrig's. It's not even a good name. Gehrig's. It's a, it's a, I love the name it until I went like there because they were like, 
They're related to one of my favourite Saints footballers. Of course. The G-Train, Fraser Gehrig. So it's called Gehrig. Are you sure it wasn't called Kentucky Fried Chicken? (laughs) Does that not sound like a noise you make when you have indigestion? Like, Gehrig. The colonel was being very unreasonable. (laughs) Even the colonel would have let me eat the chips. Exactly. Or the mash. Chips and mash and coleslaw. You would have had a rounded meal at the colonel's. And I love the idea. Well, we can give you just the chicken or the chicken and the mash, but not just the mash. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm sh- if you'd asked for no mash, they would have been fine. Yeah, That's but so if you take away weird. the chicken, they start to panic. Anyway, That's so odd. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh my God, it's expanding, like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest, not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products, or you offer services like massage. Or oh. nails. Oh, my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get mani-pedis? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize. You can share. And schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh. Yeah. It looks like Jess has just uploaded something, What it? but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organise your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Back to Japan, where they had no chicken and no mashed potatoes, just a lifetime supply of coconut. More leaflets were dropped. The next batch had a surrender order from General Yamashita of the 14th Area Army. They studied these leaflets and thought, another trick. (laughs) Leaflet after leaflet was dropped from above. Newspapers with details of the war being over were left throughout the jungle. Photographs and letters from relatives were dropped. A notice said, I assumed my relatives were living under the occupation and had to obey the authorities to survive. That's Jesus. I love that kind of level of um, pessimism and paranoia. People spoke out over loudspeakers throughout the jungle, telling them it was all over. But to the men, there was always something suspicious. So they never believed the war had really ended. Japan would never give up, and they were specifically told to never surrender. Yes, I love it. It's I, amazing. Yeah, I can't enjoy that. Because you are actually quite defiant and stubborn, let's be honest. Yeah, now. shit, this would you be you. Are. Whereas yeah. I'd be like, eh, eh. Yeah. 
I definitely would have uh, killed I, myself. I can, I, I can relate to them on some level, apart from, you know, being general b- badasses. But I, I, the stubbornness I could, I'd probably do a bit of. Do a bit of? I'd do a bit of that stubbornness. You dabble in stubborn? I'd dabble. <laughs> I was thinking my, my what I was relating to it on, on one level, it's quite similar, is when I'm in like a public place mm-hmm. and someone's going, hey, Matt, Matt, hey, Matt. I won't turn around because I just assume they're talking to a different Matt. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what if you hear another name? Dave, Dave. Oh, I've clearly forgotten my name. I'll turn around. There's a lot of Matts out there, Jess. There's a lot of Jesses, Matt. I'd still turn around. No. I turn around when people say yes because it sounds so similar. People say yes <laughs> and, and I go, hmm? And oh, how not I, yeah. I, I never have that. Yeah, but if somebody is saying Jess, I, I hear them. Well, eventually they come up Would and they tap on Would you not recognise someone's voice? Like if... I can't come up and tap you on the shoulder. Well, what if I need help and I'm yelling, Matt? Don't Matt, yell, Matt. Help. Yell, help. <laughs> help me, Matt. And if I yell, help, would you then turn around or would you say, somebody else will deal with that? If someone's saying help. You'd turn around? Um, you assume that they're talking to someone else. Yeah. But help. also, like, maybe, what if I said something that was more specific to you? Like, if I said, Matt Stewart or... Yeah, Matt Stewart's I, probably I call, I getting I call close. you Matty. If I yelled Matty. So did you just say Matt Stewart is probably getting close? <laughs> it's getting closer. You so something out, you would turn around to. You just yell out, what's my middle name? I grew up I grew up around the corner from a guy with my same oh, full name. Oh, fuck so off. Was he be, also James? Yeah. He was also a Matthew James. Yeah. Good heavens. So I was just what like, are the get, chances? they're talking about him. What, what if, if I yelled, oi, big balls? Oh, like, hey. Oh, who's that? Oh, <laughs> oh it's that Bob. Could be, that could be many people who know about <laughs> Do you ever get... my special condition. <laughs> My silver, silver big balls. <laughs> now, I've had them coated with silver. Yeah, and bigness. <laughs> I've, had, I've had layers added. Wow. Yeah. Is that expensive? Yes. Did you use some Dugo on money for that? Eighteen ninety-five yen. Did you use some of our money for that? Of course I did. It's the only money I have. Fair enough. I live off this. <laughs> that is the Patreon treasurer. He is. And we are yet to see a dollar. Yeah. But we have seen many yen. Many yen. <laughs> Many yen. Many, many yen. yen. Many, oh, yen. many good yen. Um, a few good yen. <laughs> a few good yen. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Anyway, do go on. Uh, so on, back on Lubang Island, the locals had tried to rebuild their lives over the first couple of years after the war, and they went back to their old routines, farming as best they could, and they fucking hate Onoda and his men. Onoda thought that they were in on it too, that the farmers <laughs> were the enemy. He wrote... We considered people dressed as islanders to be enemy troops in disguise or enemy spies. The proof that they were was that whenever we fired on one of them, a search party arrived shortly afterwards. That the search does party sound that sounds suspicious. Sus. The search party was probably just trying to find out who the fuck just <laughs> shot my mum. Who shot my mum? Was it you? <laughs> Your mum's like, a spy. Yeah. How very convenient. I shot one of you when you came looking for the murderer. Miss mm. mm. Marple? Fuck off. <laughs> Onoda said that he wanted his own territory. He wrote, To expand, we had to break in the locals. I materialized to destroy things, threatening them, lighting fires in empty houses. So he also burnt their farms down. Oh, Jesus Christ. So they hate him. It's so weird that they looked for him. Don't you reckon? But he was so good that he, they never got him. Or not to this point. Or did they? I wonder what would what would it take, Jess, for him to be convinced? The president of Japan? No, because then it's still... It's an, it's an imposter. 
Oh, yes. It's just Madame Tussauds come to life. Not again. The enemy has clearly invented some sort of machine where they bring the Emperor back to life. He would definitely believe that before. Yeah. Uh, the youngest of the group, 22-year-old uh, Akutsu, got sick of the raw bananas, coconuts, lighting farms on fire, and jungle living. <laughs> so one day... What a sook. Yawn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, burning houses. Yawn. Oh, boring. Sick of bananas. Burning Houses Australia sounds like a great program. Um, we could host that. Yeah. Burning Welcome Houses. Welcome to another episode of Burning Houses Australia. Matt's like, oh, fuck, this is boring. Whereas, like, you're talking to the camera and no one knows where I am, but then behind you, a fire starts, <laughs> and then I run out of the house. It's like a little <laughs> gasoline canister. <laughs> like, Whee! giggling to myself. <laughs> This week's episode, we burn a mansion. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. I'm back in. <laughs> volume, oh. volume up. Matt, Matt somehow tries to set fire to a pool. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking, let's up the ante. Everybody in the pool. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Was anyone home? We forgot to check. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big house. That's normally the producer's job, but they're yeah. sick today. We didn't check. Hey, we don't want to break and enter and break the law. Oh, no. We just throw a Molotov cocktail through several windows <laughs> in several locations of the house. Okay. Yeah? Is that all right? Questioning McGee. And if people happen to be home, that's their fault for living in a mansion. <laughs> Capitalism gone mad. Fuck the mansion. <laughs> Fuck the... That's our motto. Fuck the mansion. And one day, we have a crossover episode where we find a big mansion owned by a man called Shun. And we, we fuck been, him. We fuck him. <laughs> really? We fuck the man, Shun. Yeah. We fuck the man, Shun. Yeah. Do I have to say it again? <laughs> we make him reach And then, again. another crossover episode. Yes. We uh, throw a Molotov cocktail into a mansion, but there are antiques in there. Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> <laughs> the house is on wheels. <laughs> it's a real roadshow. That's great, is that I broke there um, because of my own joke, which wasn't really a joke. <laughs> you were laughing at the audacity of yourself. It was just you saying, Antiques Roadshow. It's because it didn't work at all. Stop trying to contribute, Jeff. <laughs> there are antiques in there. <laughs> antiques Roadshow. <laughs> You're right, it is funny. <laughs> some, of the, some of the antiques are collectible children's toys. Power Rangers. <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> Kids will love it. Have you noticed that we've had several tweets of people asking us to do a Power Rangers episode? No. There's been at least three. There's a new movie coming out, uh, I believe. Fuck, that's funny. <laughs> Antiques, how about them? How about them? Oh, so stuff. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good indeed. So we got we got a kutsu, the guy who's sick of eating coconuts, bananas, and burning shit down. Did I get this right? The oldest guy, the leader, is twenty three, and the youngest guy is twenty two. Yeah, but no, but there is the no, the actual oldest of the group was thirty when they went in. Right, but he's just not, he's just he's outranked. Fair enough. He's out of noted. Mm. But uh, this guy, Kutsu... Imagine being in your 30s and hanging out with people in their 20s. Sounds sad. Imagine that. And what imagine, a loser. Imagine being that kind of psychopath. Ew. And imagine, yucky. Imagine, if one, imagine if one of them was your boss, <gasps> a.k.a. me. Imagine <sighs> trying to bond with them 
or fit in. You just wouldn't. You just wouldn't fit in. Couldn't do it. They're so fucking dumb. And <laughs> haven't lived. Nah, they're young be and really fresh. Ha- it'd be hard to communicate with and such imbeciles. And you're old and stuck in your ways. And they haven't even they haven't seen anything. They haven't done anything. Yeah, both of them have. What been, do they know? What have the Nothing. Other, the other two have been to Alcatraz, and the old man hasn't. They've, I mean, they've seen old buildings, and they think that's wisdom. But yeah, the old man. The real just wisdom drunk is a lot. the real wisdom is people. Life's yeah. about you know knowing what, conversations. You know what life's about? Antiques roadshow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is okay. good. That's and that's maturity. <laughs> Antiques roadshow. <laughs> oh. Has Bob got a new catchphrase? Hello. <laughs> well, I mean, you've, you're saying the name of the show. <laughs> antiques Roadshow. Hashtag Antiques Roadshow. I'm sure that Antiques Roadshow <laughs> hashtag is not taken. <laughs> uh, any mail from now on, don't tweet it to us. Just tweet it with the hashtag Antiques Roadshow. I'm sure we'll it'll, find it'll, it. It'll get to us. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find it. So, for the fifth time, there's a dude called a Kutsu... Who's just stopped giving a fuck. He doesn't want to eat bananas, coconuts anymore. Oh, fuck. So one day, without telling the others, he decides to surrender. Oh. The only problem is, he didn't know which way was the way out of the jungle, and it oh, took him no. six months to find <gasps> anyone to surrender to. <laughs> but he lived. All I want to do is surrender. Oh, shit. So he walked for six months on his own. And the others were like... How big is this island? Everyone's like, where'd he go? Oh. And of course, to Anoda, he was crazily suspicious. The group now down to, down, to, down to three, he thought this was some sort of security leak and that the other guy was possibly in on it the whole time. So he had to be careful about moving to a new position. <laughs> I love this guy. He's so great. He you know what else is great? <coughs> Antics Roadshow. Antics Roadshow. <laughs> it's about, um... about things that are old, but still valuable. Hmm. Unlike Matt. <laughs> Oh, my favourite game Wait, is which watch- bit am I not old or valuable? Both. I love watching Antiques Roadshow and guessing how much things are worth. Yeah. Matt, £4.50. Oh, generous. True. True. What was the question? <laughs> how much you're worth. Oh, yeah, £4.50. Yeah. How is the pound going these days? Dave, you keep up to date with currency. Pretty well, actually. Brexit so, did well for it, didn't it? Dropped a bit. I think it's bounced back. Bounced back. Oh, good, Don't worry about good it. for the pound. I remember going to pound pint nights. So that's four and a half pints in the right night. Pound pint nights. Hmm. Hmm. Pound some bloody pints of those. <laughs> now, the oldest guy, the oldest guy was Shimada. He was 30. Yuck. Now 37 years old. They've been Ew. in the jungle for seven years. Whoa. Talk about Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> you got to click first. Try it again. Huh. Talk about... Talk about... No. Click. Uh, talk about... Click. Talk about Antiques Roadshow. Nailed it. Yeah, seamless. Yeah. I'll edit that to make you sound like a legend. <laughs> edit it to make it sound like really like a really good... Oh. I've got a good crispy. click. So Shimada's the oldest one. He was 30. Now he's 37 years old. Wow. So they've been in the jungle for seven years at this point. He hang on. Was... Hang on. That math adds up. Yes. He was... Shot in the leg during a shootout with a local fisherman in June 1953. After which, Anoda nursed him back to health, which Aww. is incredible when you consider he had no first aid supplies or medicine at all. Wow. Sadly, it was all in vain because the following year, 1954, Shimada was killed by a shot fired by a search party looking for the men. Oh, no. Which to me is the world's fucking worst. 
search party in history. There they are. Oh, fuck. I shot him in the head. Now I can't tell if it's him or not. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So he, he was dead. He's gone. So oh. now there's two men left. Kazuka, now 33, and our leader, Onoda, now 32 years old. Mm-hmm. So they've been there nine years. Nine years. And remember, they've been hiding for what is almost undoubtedly no reason. Yeah. No reason. Wow. And almost a third of their lives. It's crazy, isn't it? In 1959, Lieutenant Onoda's fire was officially changed from missing in action to killed in action. Oh. Back home. So they just assumed that no one could still be out there. But they said they'd come back for them. They've given up on him. They but did. He they hasn't dropped, given they up. dropped flies multiple times. They came back, sort of. Whoa. Yeah, for the first like five years, and then they're like, oh. Well, yeah, I guess they'd. Fair and assumption. Every, then. And every now and then, a search party would go out looking for them. Often, the local community, because like all the police, because f- someone from the hills was shooting at the farmers. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, how long would you hang in there? Just so we know. Just for. Out of spite and anger. Stubborn. Just because I don't want to go, no, guys, it's been five years. We should assume he's been killed in action. Look, I, I don't know how, I mean, how much of the farmers double-crossing me? Well. Like a what? Heaps. Yeah, oh. they're the enemy. They're soldiers dressed up as farmers. hundred years? You'd wait a hundred years. Okay, good to know. I'll Give keep, or take. Keep looking for you then. Say so 200 have... to be safe. Yeah, all right, 200 years. And then we'd give up. That seems fair. I think so. Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> it was now. That's the new catchphrase that do go on. So it's now just Anoda and Kazuka living together, huddling in the rain, eating coconuts, making raids, and waiting for their next official order. Sounds kind of great. Sounds kind of romantic. Yeah. Sounds like a sitcom. Yeah. So these two men are there. They believe it's their duty to keep information on the enemy should the Japanese army ever arrive and need it again. So they're sort of trying to keep notes up here. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it was just the two. Sorry of the... to clarify, Dave was tapping his head. Tapping my... I was not tapping my penis. <laughs> Got notes up here. I don't know why my penis is up, but so it's up you here. are tapping it now. I oh, actually stop I'm... it. Sorry, I'm a method actor. <laughs> don't so... tap your penis at me. You're a flaccid actor. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing flaccid about this act. Oh no! Stop it. So it was just the two of them. Just the two of us. I actually paused because I knew Jess would sing that. It was just, and it was just the two of them for another eighteen years. Fuck off! Another eighteen years on top of the nine. No, on top of the nine, they stuck it out. Two men in the jungle wearing the same clothes, probably no underwear. Remember? Imagine if on the day you deployed, you accidentally wore your worst pair of underwear, like your emergency pair, like with this shit elastic. Yeah. And then you had to keep wearing that for 27 fucking years. Dave, that's as as old as us. They've spent more, your whole lifespan, Jess. Are we sure that they're wearing the same clothes? I mean, they were burning down empty houses. Surely they'd grab a spare change of clothes. But then they'd be taking off their uniform, which would be treasonous. Oh my God. Treasonous. That's amazing. Not fully treason, just treasonous. Treasonish. <laughs> treasonish. No, it's treasonish. But, that's it, that's you your know. defence in a military call. So, um, I mean, it was treasonish. Why did you try to assassinate the Prime Minister? <laughs> treasonish, come on. Uh, I don't know if it's cut and dry. Fair go. <laughs> that's you. I love that <laughs> argument. Fair go. Oh, come on. Fair go. In Australia, it seems like that could get you off, though, doesn't fair it? Fair go. Fair go. Oh, go on, fair go. Go on. All right. All right. Go on. Go on. 
Fair buddy. Oh, fair go. Fair yeah, buddy. right. Fair buddy go, Cobb. Remember when we had a Prime Minister, Kevin Rudd, whose catchphrase was fair shake of the sauce bottle? Yeah. That was the Prime Minister's catchphrase. Makes a lot of sense. What's our current Prime Minister's catchphrase? Jobs and growth. Oh, yeah, of course. Jobs and growth. Hair growth, mostly. (laughs) Is it really? That's what he promises. He supports the hairdressing industry. Yeah, No, no, growth or not cutting. Yeah, Ashley and Martin. Oh, Big sponsors of the Prime Minister. It's our Prime Minister and Shane Warne. Yep. Big sponsor. Um, I think you'll find that Shane Warne is from Advanced Hair Yeah Yeah. So there you go. Advanced Hair Yeah Yeah. Yeah. That was his catchphrase. Advanced hair clinics. Yeah, yeah. That was the catchphrase. Though. That was the motto. That's a terrible catchphrase. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Not as good as... Yeah, yeah. Antics Roadshow. That's so I'll say, yeah, yeah. Wow. It, maybe if he clicked. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Is that not it? No. What is it? Oh. Advanced hair, yeah, yeah. That's terrible. I fucking hate that yeah, a lot. I don't it's get so it. But bad. it was. It became. A, it became like. I mean, it worked. It's I've, in it your went, head. It went. But it also went. It became like a thing that people said. Oh yuck! I can't even remember. What decade was this? I've never heard anyone I, say this. Advanced hair, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate it. I must have been. It was I don't think I've ever hated anything more in my life. It was. I think it was when it came out. Greg Matthews. You remember him? No. Oh, yeah, they, it used to be all cricketers. Oh, Is it? A, if I have, tell me, I haven't made that up. It says mid nineteen nineties. Oh well. fucking hell! That makes sense. And it says uh, New Zealand TV ads. The first thing that comes okay. up. Okay, all right. So that's yeah. Okay, so, so you weren't in, watching. It was when we were when we TV. were so, small children, and it was in a different country. Oh, advance here, year, year. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, sorry. That yeah. was bloody great. Misunderstood. Dave, that was very funny. Uh, nothing like a little jab. And that is why they haven't invaded us, because we ridicule them at every turn. I'm pretty sure they do it back. I don't... There's a lot they can tease us for. I mean, we don't fuck sheep, so that's all right. Oh, we do have quite a few New Zealand listeners. I know, I'm just kidding. So you guys thank you very much. I don't think they fuck sheep. Yeah, I know, mate. It's just a joke. Well, not, not is it a, a funny joke? Oh, fuck off. Just because... <laughs> I love when Matt just pulls you up on a point. Let me just... <laughs> Antiques Roadshow, you right there. <laughs> it's like how Matt, Matt envies Dave for always having a joke answer to a question. And Matt's always like... That's the one who, who's posing no, the question. Think about goes, I mean, I mean, great question. Jeez, uh, Louise, uh, what do we think? Thanks so much for us. Can we have <laughs> some brainstorming time? Whereas Dave's like, I've got a joke. Slice. Boom, we're in. Uh, but Matt is. A I bo- keep, I keep thinking this is a serious show. <laughs> it's not at all. It's, it's great. I always forget. <laughs> I will remember one day that we're doing comedy. Nah, and I'll join in. Hey, Dave, sorry to keep interrupting you. Please, do go on. This uh, this episode has felt looser than... Yeah, sorry about that. You say that most weeks. Yeah, it's true. I'm not lying. Okay. <laughs> no, we're nearly there. Because okay. in, in October 1972, at the age of 51, what? and after 27 years of hiding in the jungle, Kazuka was killed during a clash <gasps> oh. with the Filipino patrol whilst he was burning a local rice field. So 27 years later, he's still burning down rice fields. I don't, it feels like maybe he wasn't he wasn't fully on top of oh life, God. right? It's a, it's a, I just feel, feel like you just need something to pass the time. Yeah. Oh. And a bit of pyromania just really... Or was it that he just never wanted to go back and get a real job? Mm. Do you think he was a bit of a layabout? Maybe he didn't like his wife. <gasps> that makes sense. 
Yeah. Didn't like his wife. Didn't I, want to get back to her. Yeah, any excuse will do to get her away from the body. Ball and chain. All right. Oh, Jesus, you know what they're like. <laughs> well, I did read about one of these Japanese holdouts who held out for a couple of decades. And um, on the American overseas territory of Guam. And apparently after the first five years, he, he lived in a hole that he, he dug for himself. And after the first five years, he found out that the war was over. But he was too afraid to go back and surrender. Like, he didn't want to look like he was giving up. He didn't want to go home and admit. So he just stayed. So he just stayed for, like, another 10, 15 years on his own. No. And the weirdest part about that, there, was a, there were other men also in holes, like, a few kilometres spread out, but they'd meet up sometimes, but then they'd decide to, sleep, like, stay alone at night for years. That's Crazy. so but, odd. But these people aren't like that. They still think they're part of the mission. I'd be like, it's done, and I'm already on a plane somehow. Like, I'd be straight out. Straight out. Me too. First opportunity. Wouldn't be there in the first place. Onoda had been declared ten, uh, 13 years earlier, but after the Filipino patrol killed his partner, whose body was sent back to Japan, they started to think that maybe Onoda was in fact alive. So it became a big story in the newspapers, because you know, no one had ever seen his body, and there'd been stories of a couple of people shooting at farmers. Now one of them's gone, they thought Onoda's out there. So both the Japanese and Filipino governments sent out search parties into the jungle, but they couldn't find Onoda, who was now completely alone. Still remembering his orders, he decided he couldn't kill himself or surrender. He had, at this point, spent more than half of his entire life in the jungle. Half of your life wearing the same underpants. (laughs) (laughs) You're really hanging on to the underpants, aren't you? I think it'd be... I I love the idea of of being able to go... Imagine how much Japan would have changed... Mm. In that time, well, that's what I was thinking too. Crazy, kind of like when you when you hear about people getting out of out of prison and like you know technology's advanced so much, and then it's like what the he's fuck been living in a jungle for half his more than half his life. You couldn't go back. You couldn't function. What year are we up to now? Nineteen seventy-two. What? Or... It's the 70s. So twenty-seven years later. Holy the 70, shit! He missed all of the sixties. He's now and the fifties. He's now into his fifties. The whole world has changed so much. So much. He was twenty-three and now he's fifty. That's incredible. Shit, I love but, it. Then we come to another incredible man named Norio Suzuki. Probably the opposite of Anoda in many ways. Not good at following orders and a definite hippie free spirit. But one thing that they had in common is that they were both crazily determined and would persevere where nearly everyone else would give up. Suzuki was born in Japan in 1949, four years after the war ended and when Onoda had already been hiding for four years. Oh, my God. He studied economics at Hosei University but dropped out and decided to explore the world. On his world travels, he visited Asia, the Middle East, and Africa. And in 1972, after four years of wandering the world and uh, paying for the the trip by donating blood and working on farms, he decided to return to Japan and found himself surrounded by what he felt as fake. So he'd been away for four years and came back, came back to Japan and it had changed so much. So imagine how much it's changed for the other guy. Wow. But Suzuki had read of the killing of Kazuka and about the possibility that Anoda was still alive. Anoda had now turned into a bit of an urgent... An urgent... A sea urchin. <laughs> He was a sea urchin now. He had changed form. <laughs> no, he turned that into a... stubborn. He's so stubborn. <laughs> but he became an urchin. <laughs> Jesus. You've heard of a hermit. This is an urchin. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> urchin personified. You know, he turned into an urban legend back in Japan. But most people thought he probably wasn't actually alive. 
Because what are the fucking chances 27 years later the guy's still in the jungle? Yeah. So, But reading about him left Suzuki to conclude that he wanted to search for Lieutenant Onoda, a panda, and the abominable snowman in that order. Fuck, that's the best. Also, did I mention was it did I mention on the podcast that I can't say the the word before snowman? Abominable. Abominable. I have abominable. to imagine a bomb inside a bull. Abominable. 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 That's the only way I can do it. Abominable. 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 There you go. I said it. Yeah, you said it. Abominable. You made a big deal about nothing in the end there, Jeff. You just changed the lives of many listeners because I will always think of abominable. 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 Thanks to my ex-boyfriend for that and nothing else. Thanks, Gary. His name was Gary. His name was not Gary. Gary Lyon. Yeah, I dated Gary Lyon. Yeah, I knew he had a bit of infidelity in him, but really. Oh. And what? And he said something earlier in this episode to me, didn't he? That was a different Gary. He Lyon. changed a lot of lives. Gary changed Lyon. a lot of loves, loves. like the one for you and to not love. Yeah, I'm incapable of love. <gasps> Gary. <laughs> Gary, no. <laughs> Gary, no. <laughs> Suzuki. Ah, back on track. <gasps> Travelled to Lubang and began wandering the jungle with a very simple strategy to find Anoda. What he would do was wander the jungle, yelling Anoda's name at the top well, of his lungs. Well, if he is at all like me, that is not going to work. <laughs> but if you yell like, big I'm balls... Gu- I'm guessing it's another Anoda. <laughs> He's probably talking about another Anoda. It's got to be. How ma- I mean, how many Anodas well, what are the odds? can be in <laughs> one is, jungle? The, 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 there's a guy yelling out my name here for me. I doubt it. Good luck. <laughs> Hope you find the other Anoda, mate. I'm not saying that to you or looking. I'm walking on. <laughs> so, search party after search party, leaflet after leaflet, leaflet. No one's been able to find this guy. There's now the leaflets for, like, Jim's mowing. <laughs> uh, we'll clip your hedges for money, which is all like most businesses work that way, to be honest. But... Food delivery for all cuisines. Mm-hmm. Most of my mail is food delivery things. Yeah. I miss getting mail. Anyway, send so you your fan mail yeah, to Unit to Jess. Three. No, to oh. Unit you... Three, is it really? Yeah, it is a Unit Three. <gasps> You've basically given it away. Yeah, I have. how many send Unit it. Threes could there send be? Send it to Unit Three. We could set set up a PO box. That oh, would be cool. that would be great, actually. Fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then they they could send us creepy things too. <gasps> That's yes. fine. Best. Is that can, fine? Okay, well, you can open all the envelopes, all right, Anthrax boy? I will, with my mouth. <laughs> Just to be safe. <laughs> Just to be safe. I don't want anything touching these beautiful hands. <laughs> oh, no, I've got anthrax on my hands. Ew, uh, you will never hear me say that. Oh, what's this powder in my mouth? You might hear me say that. bit obnoxious when she laughs like that, anyway. <laughs> People love it. <laughs> the millions of tweets we get. I love it. It's, it's is... the only feedback I get. There was you know a... I'm a person as well, guys. There's a person behind the laugh. But there, there was one. There... <laughs> it's a great autobiography <laughs> title. The person behind the laugh. Like I am, like I'm a, I'm a human and I, I make some good points every now and then. Look. I'm not um, just a laugh. To the listeners, I see Jess quite a lot. But I never really see Jess because her laugh is just so big. It's hard to get through it. People did say it was obnoxious early. I think mainly you. It's so obnoxious. I'm going to have to edit that out. It's something that Jess often used to say. And Dave and I was like... Dave and I was like... (laughs) (laughs) And Dave was like... And I was like... (laughs) Like, uh Uh-uh, Jess. You leave that in. 
And, you know, the rest, they say, is history. It's basically me and Dave. If you like Jess's laugh... It's because of you too. It's because of me and Dave. It is because I'm laughing at you. Hang on. No, you made yourself laugh before. <laughs> so, as I said, I make some good jokes sometimes. <laughs> a solo podcast, you'd actually be fine. No, I wouldn't. That's why I don't like my own reports, because they're not. I don't laugh. I have no fun on them. Yeah, well, maybe you should do a report on... Antics Something Roadshow. else. Oh, okay. Oh, no, please don't suggest Antics Roadshow. I don't think there's enough information it's on it. It's been going for decades. <laughs> yeah, but is there enough on Every there? Every episode is a, is about amazing, interesting stories yeah. of artifacts. How do they find them all? How do they find them all? Oh, I'd love to know the production of it. Anyway, Dave opening the mail with his mouth is very oh, funny. This is a very interesting piece. Oh, it's a, yeah. it's a big uh, brass Matt Stewart's testicle. <laughs> Oh, Circa 1834, I believe. Do you do you realize what you have here? <laughs> do you do you know the significance of this of this this ball? <laughs> what <laughs> accent? This balls have it changed a lot. There, it went from like English to French very quickly. I am. Um, <laughs> this, this show is not about me. It is <laughs> now. Dang. Now it's Japanese. <laughs> I was thinking of a noda. Oh my god. <laughs> That was your Japanese impression? It was not good. I will not do it again. It still sounded French. Well, I'm just going to rewind and replay. <laughs> Maybe turn it into some sort of a, da- a club dance hit. Oh, hello. Do they still do this? A club dance hit? Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. I know that it doesn't even know what a club dance hit no, is. It's he, been in the jungle that long. It's the 70s. He, for, like, disco. For, for years Probably. he's been yelling, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, and nothing has happened. He's had no response. It was before his time. In many anyway, ways. tell us more about Suzuki, so Suzuki walking around the jungle. He's yelling his name. I'm waiting for this guy to invent some sort of motorbike. Is he? He's oh. not the Suzuki. Or car. Or car. Or the orca. Killer whale. Yeah, he's going to invent an orca. Or, or the acting instructor. Suzuki. Mm-hmm. I think he was talking about the other antiques roadshow. Great. <laughs> so Suzuki, he's wondering. Remember, they've sent dozens of search parties. But he just out. goes by himself. On his own, yelling, how long do you reckon it takes him to find him? Two weeks. Oh, I'm, because you ask, it's short. Yeah. I would have thought I it know, sounds I like it should weeks. be years, but I'm guessing it's going to be... Months, maybe. You go months. I'm going to say six weeks. He found a nota in four days. Oh, fuck. That is short. <laughs> That's so <laughs> awesome, isn't it? Are you like, fucking kidding me? A nota! A nota! A nota! I'm not kidding. Four, just four days of yelling. <laughs> it's so fucking that's great. A, I, mean, I wonder how long he would have he would have tried. On for. a man that's been hiding for twenty nine years. When Anoda was first discovered, he was ready to shoot Suzuki at first sight, but fortunately Suzuki had read all about him and quickly said, Onoda san, the Emperor and the people of Japan are worried about you. Oh. And also he's just a man on his own, it's not a big search party with guns, it's just yeah. some he said Anoda got talking to Suzuki who he described as a hippie boy. <laughs> And they became friends, to some degree. How would he have known what a hippie boy was? Hippies haven't changed that much. He created the concept Since of the 40s. Yeah. 40s hippies, very similar. Because you know how like fashion goes around in trends? Cyclical. By the time it sort of cycled around, the hippies were very similar in the 70s as they were in the 40s, which, is, which was lucky, actually. So he could identify him as a hippie boy. Sick. It's true, Matt. I get it now. That is fascinating. Yeah. See, I make some good points. I'm not just an obnoxious laugh. No, you're so much more than that. You're also really dull points. I mean, good points or whatever you were saying. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. So they became friends, Dave says, trying to defuse the situation. <laughs> friends, much like, much like Matt and Jess, are uh, sometimes. 
But always, I, Dave. But at least I'm, from my angle, just as Dagoras disagree. But Anoda refused to surrender, even though the war was well and truly over. He said he would have to be, to surrender. He'd have to be ordered to surrender by one of his superior officers, who are all it's like retired. So Suzuki returned to Japan with photographs of himself and Onoda as proof of their encounter, and the Japanese government located Onoda's commanding officer, Major Yoshimi Taniguchi, <laughs> who had since become a bookseller. He's no longer in the army. Also, do you think Suzuki at least took some spare clothes and some food for him? Like, or he's just like, okay, you good with that? Over there? I mean, I've got a tent here I brought with me, but are you good on that? He was Do a hippie, some... Jess. He doesn't care about earthly possessions like clothes. Thirty years later, I'm like and I tents okay. And boots. I'm I don't fit into clothes that fit me a couple of years ago. Okay, I'm guessing you might need a change of clothes. Anyway, whatever. Go on. Are you you're still growing, are you? Yeah, I'm still growing. But mum had to take up all my pants. <laughs> take them up. <laughs> You I'm got good. smaller. You, you turned all your pants into shorts. Yeah, I'm going little. I'm getting smaller. <laughs> I'm going little. I'm going little. I'm going to I'm going to go little for a while. So well, that's like. Um, can you take up my pants? I'm not as long as I was in my early twenties. <laughs> Dave. So they You're found going. they found the major. They flew him to Lubang, where on March 9th, 1974, he finally met with Anoda and fulfilled the promise made in 1944. Whatever happens, we'll come back for you. Uh, okay, 30 years later. Onoda was thus properly relieved of duty and he surrendered. He'd been living in the jungle for over 29 years. That's incredible. Just <sighs> yes, 29. How does that make you feel? Well, I, d- I can't even fathom that amount of time because I just haven't got there in my life yet. But it's so close on us. Round no, number. would you have preferred if you'd waited to 30 years? Absolutely, I would. Up? Absolutely, I would. You know I would. Why are you joking? He lived in the jungle more than you ever exist. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's incredible. It's crazy. He turned over his sword... His functioning rifle, which he'd kept in perfing, perfect working order. But he wow. held on to his non-functioning rifle. <laughs> <laughs> he will not let that go. Oh. <laughs> I will fix this. <laughs> his face is so sus. Ooh, interesting. Uh, 500 rounds of ammunition. He still had 500 rounds. And several hand grenades. I mean, an unlimited <laughs> supply of uh-huh, hand grenades. Uh-huh. He handed that back. As well as the dagger his mother had given him in 1944 to kill himself if he was ever captured. Sorry, Mum. Remember, that's the crazy Mum that instructed him to stab himself when he was six. Jesus. Although he had killed many people, including innocent farmers, and engaged in shootouts with police, the circumstances, namely the fact that he believed the war was still going, were taken into consideration and Anoda received a pardon from the Filipino president, Ferdinand Marcos. Anoda was so popular following his return to Japan that some Japanese people urged him to run for Japanese government. He decided not what to do this. What skills would he have <laughs> to be a politician? He'd hardly know how to talk he to can't people. He anything. He Coconuts doesn't know what anything is. Coconut be the rule. Everyone gets a banana. One banana. Kill the farmers. They're <laughs> undercover. He also released an autobiography called No Surrender, My 30-Year War. He was very famous, but he did not like what he saw. Japan had changed so much in 30 years. Yeah. He did not like the tall buildings, automobiles, or the culture he saw as the withering of traditional Japanese values. Oh, it would have broken his heart. It would, yeah. Everything he was like, fighting for against the Americans. So and hard. The, yeah, and then it's all there. It's all there. Like, the ideals that he'd held on to for 30 years, no living longer. in the same fucking underpants. 
Because <laughs> now everyone's got these flash bloody Calvin Kleins on. J- oh. Japan recovered quite well from the Second World War. Is it a, a losing? Because didn't they, after the Second World War, um, there were some lessons learned after the First World War where the punishment really pushed um, the losing nations into poverty and, and kind of brought on the Second World War. Is that right? Dave? And also, I believe that Japan did quite well because... One of the conditions was you're not allowed to have a big army anymore. So then they spent the money that was going into their big military on other stuff, which actually helped develop right. the economy quite well. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, in April 9th, and also, you know, how Japan became quite, you know, a tech-savvy nation, mm. leading the way in many things. Like, I, I imagine because it's that kind of thing. But it's very different from 1945 Japan. Yeah, he, wow. He remembered. In April 1975, he followed the example of his elder of his older brother, and left Japan for Brazil, where he raised cattle and lived in a Japanese colony. Wow. He married the following year. Onoda returned to Japan in 1984 and established the Onoda Nature School, an educational camp for young people held at various locations in Japan. He revisited Lubang Island in 1996 and donated $10,000 US for a local school there. I imagine that's a bit of a peace offering for... Sorry, but... Sorry I shot your dad. <laughs> and setting fire to yeah. your house whoops, again. Whoops. Old habits die hard. Burn the school! <laughs> Onoda died of heart failure on uh, the 16th of January 2014, aged 91. Which Wait, what? 2014? Not that long ago, yeah. Which, 91. Which says a lot about a an all-coconut diet. That was in our life. Yeah, yeah mate. Like, nearly in the podcast life. The next year the podcast started... <sighs> We almost lived in the same universe. Okay. Crossover. We still kind of did. Did we though? Do we? We do live outside the podcast. Nah, we don't. Come on, lol. When asked if he lol, before he (laughs) pronounced lol weird. Lol. Lol. That's how young people say it. Oh. Get with the times, Matt. <laughs> the old man. I don't know what I was thinking, calling you out on how you pronounce a word. That isn't a word. I, yeah, I've never heard said out loud. Mm. Lol. That's not true. I've heard lol said a lot. What am I talking about? I've Dave, lost it. Let Dave talk. I'm so close to the end. Mm, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. You're so old. So old. End of it all. Every time we come in here, it's like the podcast is your deathbed. I It feels like any, anyone could be the last. But before he died, Anoda was asked if he regretted his decision to live in the jungle for nearly 30 years. He said, fucking oath I did. Are you kidding me? Anoda stated that his mind had been on nothing but accomplishing my duty. He regretted nothing and was proud of his choices. That's incredible. Hmm. I'd feel a little silly. (laughs) You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd feel a bit silly. What, man? What was he? His days. Just, he gets up in the morning for 30 years and goes, all right. More war on. Let's get get ready for war. Let's get burning. Let's get burning. Empty houses. This will bloody bring us closer to the Anoda, end. Anoda, why don't we sleep in the house and wear the clothes? Fucking burn it. Burn it all. Insubordination. <laughs> I'll burn you. But did Suzuki ever see a panda or the abominable, abominable snowman? Abominable. Abominable. After finding a notice, Suzuki quickly found a wild panda and claimed to have spotted a yeti from a distance by July 1975, hiking in the Himalayas. He married in 1976, but, but did not give up on his quest. Suzuki died in November 1986 in an avalanche while searching for the yeti. 
His remains were discovered a year later and returned to his family. Oh, wow. Fucking idiot. <laughs> he died looking for the Yeti. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> what a fucking imbecile. Yeah. Do you have a little to trick? To believe in something. Do you have a trick really to say imbecile? Jess? Imbecile? I would never say something so offensive. Well, you're, a f- you're fucking just as bad. Uh, the only thing to add is that Onoda, who'd been out for nearly 30 years, he was the second last Japanese soldier or person for the Japanese army to surrender. Tero Nakamura, who was a Taiwanese man who fought for the Japanese army, was discovered hiding out in Indonesia a few months later. Oh, he missed out by a couple of months. He was the last man to surrender, but at the time he spoke neither Japanese or Chinese spoke the local Taiwanese language, and re- and decided to retire back to Taiwan. So he didn't get the big fanfare that Anoda did. Wow. So that's why, he, and his story is quite interesting. So that's why he is probably the most famous of the uh, holdouts. Wow. Japanese holdouts. Yeah. That's amazing. Japanese holdouts. What are, you've listed all your band names on, a, on our Patreon newsletter last week, Dave. Maybe that'd be a good one. Japanese, the Japanese holdouts. Dave Warnke and the Japanese holdouts. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, I also came up with it, so it makes sense, but that's a really good idea. Yeah, thank you. Now, before we sign off on this week's episode, we've got to thank our Patreon supporters. Thanks to everyone that supports us every single month. We uh, do little bonus episodes. We have a newsletter that comes out, all this kind of extra stuff that you can get on patreon.com slash do go on pod if you support us. And one of those things is... If you pledge a certain amount, we will give you a shout-out, a personal thank you at the end of the episode, and I'm going to give one each now, and I would like to start proceedings, mm-hmm. if I may. Please, proceed. Have you guys heard of Alexander the Great? Yeah. Have you heard of William the Conqueror? Yeah. What yeah. if I was to tell you I found a man that was better than both of them put together? Get out. Dave, this segment isn't about talking about me. <laughs> You should talk about one of the patrons. Don't wink at me. Matt, I'd like to thank, not you, not Alexander the Great, not William the Conqueror, but Alexander Williams. Ooh. Thank you, Alexander Williams. I see what you were doing there. Are you giving me a thumbs down? Alexander Williams is a great guy. He supports us a lot. And I'd like to think that one day he will rule the known world just like Alexander the Great did. Yeah, well, it's thanks, too, too late for him to rule my known heart because he already does it. What? He rules my heart. Cool, man. Oh, you shut the <laughs> fuck up. You get out. That's it. <laughs> no, good on you. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. thanks for, you know, being here mm. and um, laughing sometimes, which is the thing that you do of value. Just thanks someone, Matt. I'd like to thank uh, someone, Dave. Would you mind if I just took a moment? If you could just do it quickly. This guy is a guy that he, he gets on us a bit. He's a he's one of the buffest uh, listeners we have. Interesting. Yeah, super buff. He's buff. Yeah, he's real buff. That's my kind of guy. Yeah, you love him buff. I love people that remind me of myself. Yeah, it's like looking into a mirror. When you look at his profile picture, you're like, am I, am I replying to myself in this tweet? I have caught myself saying that. And, uh, I mean, for that alone, Adam Stoltz, I would love to thank you. Oh, Adam Stoltz. But on your for, for so much more. Thanks so much for the support and just, you know, having the ability to pull a granny out of a tree if she got stuck up there or whatever. I'd definitely do that. You could change the light bulb. Oh, man. If he doesn't crush it with his bare hand. Yeah. Nah, he's... but he's gentle. 
He's well, that's the thing about him. <laughs> I uh, I would also like to thank someone, and it's it's such good timing as well because um, uh, we got a message last week from one of our listeners. The uh, I'll just because uh, I'm I'm notoriously bad at these. You guys always come up with some sort of fun pun name or some sort of joke about it, and I'm really bad at it. Wouldn't call it either a fun a pun or no, it's. it's... It's probably a pun, but it's not fun nor a joke. No, but I, the only thing that I, like, let's give, like, okay, my joke for today was Antiques Roadshow, so I'm not great at this. Um, but I'm not great at this whole comedy (laughs) podcast thing, but we're trying. But I've been given permission by Sam Jones, who is who I would like to thank, who messaged us this week and said, I need to apologize in advance. Um, I'm on Patreon and I can't help but notice my name does not lend itself to puns, so feel free to invent a suitable middle name if that helps. Oh, okay. Which I said, and I replied, and I said, that is incredibly kind because I am bad at this. Thank you for that. And you've now, I guess you've had a bit of time to think about it by the sounds of it. And I hadn't thought of anything because I don't have to because Sam loves the podcast as it is. And he he recognized my flaw, Mm -hmm. the flaw, the only one I have, my pelvic flaw. He recognized it. He recognized it from a picture. It's like, that's a Perkins pelvic flaw. And he said, you know what, Jess, I love you anyway, how you are. You're bad at these thanks, but just just make up a middle name. So his middle name's Reginald. Oh, that's a great middle name. That's good. And thank you, Sam, because you are you are genuinely great. And Sam you RJ. tweet to us a lot, and, and we SJ. really appreciate your support, and you're great. My poem would probably would have been um, Sam of Thrones or Same, oh, fuck off. same, yeah, that's great. same of Jones. <laughs> Fuck, that's so good. Is it? Yeah, well, it's better than I'm anything else I've ever it. thought of. It's like Game I'll of just, Thrones Game of two Thrones. ways. I would have just sent it. I would have been some sort of keeping up with him. Uh, I would have okay, tried to keep. keep sure. He's, I would have said something like, he's just so fast. Yeah. One thing I could never do it's is keep, keep up, up with this guy. Sure. I'm jonesing for his support. Okay, see, this is why you guys are all great at that, but Sam Jones recognises that I'm not, and he says it's fine that I'm not, and I wish you guys would be as understanding as what Sam I, Jones. What I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, the middle name Reginald is a great one, though. Thanks, yeah, thanks. That is better than anything I've ever said in my life, Jess. <laughs> so just fucking <laughs> calm down for a minute, would you, and just appreciate the brilliance of your head <laughs> and your face and your mouth. That says the words. Tell what? me it doesn't. Your face says that your face doesn't, but your face is wrong because your face says it. Please stop. All right, I'm going to cut you both up there <laughs> and say we're going to wrap it up there. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This uh, has been a weirder episode, listeners. Tell me I'm late. wrong. It's late. Tell me I'm wrong. I dare you. Tweet me I'm wrong. You can't. You can't. I bet you won't. That's just, you're begging for tweets. Can you just let. Let Dave wrap it up. Look, I'm just going to say all the usual stuff, guys. Like, get in contact with us through, and you can suggest topics. You don't have to be on Patreon to suggest topics, but if you are there, you can vote on Matt's topics. He puts a vote out every single. There'll be a vote out right now. Every episode he does. Week. Vote on that, and of course, that's patreoncom pod. We're on Facebook at DoGoOnPod, Instagram at DoGoOnPod, Twitter at DoGoOnPod. We throw out heaps of extra stuff every single week. Jess underscore Perkins tweets, little jokes. We do photos. Of dumb things that relate to the episode, so get involved in that. We also have our individual shows, each of mm-hmm. us. I'm Matt Stewart. That's Jess Perkins there that I'm pointing to. You can see in your Hello. mind. I wonder how you, how do you picture this room with yeah, a round I table? Because that's and I how wonder it is. If, if they picture the order we sit in. Mm. Send your artist impressions to PO Box. <laughs> I genuinely love whenever we get fan 
uh, 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 but I'm not going to ask for that. It'd be weird and, and but needy. I'm going to ask if you actually do want to. Would you send us a letter because I'm willing to set up a PO box because yeah, I've be wanted fun. one my whole life. I want to go to that little like little set of boxes with a key and like open it at, like 3 a.m. Like ooh. But I find it stressful managing like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now yeah. we're adding a whole new element. Yeah, but you only have to reply once a month. You know, you go and you don't have to go all the time. Because and also there would be unlikely to be more than one letter a month either. And also, but before that, leading up to that, the week before that, mm. uh, the festival starts. It is the Planet Broadcasting Podcasting Network launch in That's Hawthorne. Right. It's March 25, Saturday afternoon. Lots of stuff going on. There's people from uh, our podcast will be there. Filthy Casuals, Dragon Friends, Auntie Donna. We've got James, Mr. Sunday Movies. We've got Nick Mason, Mason from the Weekly Planet. And, and the fans of the Weekly Planet will know that... Uh, that'll be the first time anyone will have seen his face publicly. I'm excited to see his face. I don't, I've never seen... Matt has, but I, You've haven't. seen his face. He's a he's a very good-looking man. Mm. His hair wasn't as long and blonde as I always pictured it, though. It's Interesting. Anno- it's annoying to have a good-looking person hide their face. It's like, I'm throwing mine out there all the fucking time, so... <laughs> Dave, you are gorgeous. Thank you. Begging for compliments, and they're always paid. <laughs> Appreciate that a lot. Uh, no, no, com- Dave. I think you're on the right track early. You hideous piece of shit. <laughs> Matt, always too truthful at the end of the show. All right, um, you can email us at dogoonpod at gmail.com. Get the ideas, any feedback you got. Tell us if you would write the letter. But until next week, we will say thank you and we will say goodbye. Later. Bye. Antics Roadshow. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.